What is up, MMA fans? Welcome to my channel. This is the MMA Anomaly Show with yours truly, Olin, aka MMA Anomaly. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and smash that bell for notifications. What's up, fight fans? It is Olin back with another episode of the MMA Anomaly Show podcast. I'm going to go ahead and start off by saying Nate Latshaw is a straight up G. The guy went 12 out of 14 with his probability calculator, so I will definitely be utilizing that for my picks moving forward, probably. Um, we'll go ahead and start. Uh, I'm not going to go through all the fights, but I will go through probably like 80, 90% of them. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start with probably one of my favorite fights of the night. We had Jeff Molina going up against uh, a, definitely a gangster, Zalgas Zumagulov. Um, I actually thought Zalgas was going to win, even though I'm a bigger Jeff Molina fan. But that being said, Jeff Molina came in there and pop, pop, put it on him. He uh, he was landing the jab at range. Uh, he was landing higher higher definition combos. His takedown defense was incredible. Zumagulov, being the um, grappling phenom that he is, was only able to land two takedowns. And even when he did land those takedowns, I personally didn't feel like he did a whole lot with them. He didn't really hold them down a whole lot, and he didn't inflict a ton of damage when he did have top position. And then when he got back to the feet, um, Jeff Molina outlanded him two to one across the fight. And also Jeff Molina definitely representing Pride Month hard with the rainbow colors on the fight kit. And uh, also just if you haven't already heard his uh, pre-fight interviews or his post-fight interviews, definitely go check him out. Golden, absolute golden. When it came to Johnny Munoz and Tony Gravely, uh, you know, if you got up to go grab another beer, you know, if it was maybe Modelo time, then you probably could have missed the finish. It happened so freaking quick. Gravely, as, uh, as his opponent was coming in, just boom, quick inside right hook, drops his opponent and just finished him with a couple of little peppering shots, made sure the ref ran in to stop it. Great job for Tony Gravely. Benoit St. Denise versus Nicholas Stoltz uh, went exactly how the probability predictor expected it would go. Uh, again, hats off to Nate Ledshaw on that. It was a uh, submission in round two, about a minute and 32 seconds in. Again, great job to uh, Benoit St. Denis, somebody to keep your eyes on moving forward. Now, this next fight is one of the more interesting fights, in my opinion, of the fight card. It was Damon Jackson, the leech, going up against Dan the Determined Argueta from the Ultimate Fighter house. Um, he's actually friends with a buddy of mine, Ian. Uh, great job to Dan. He took the fight on short notice. He went up in weight to take the fight, and... Even though his opponent was incredibly game as far as grappling, every second that that fight was on the feet, Dan was winning. And I think Dan could have won the fight. Um, if, if he listens to this somehow, please don't take this the wrong way. I, I wish he would have actually backed off and kept at range when he had the opportunities to because his downfall was when he would shoot in and then set himself up to get reversed or swept for Damon to take top position. Um, Damon is the grappler. I know that Dan is a game grappler too, but... Dan's striking was definitely the differentiator. And I feel like the leg kicks were lighting him up. Whenever they were grappling, Dan was landing these weird knees to the back of the calf. Brilliant. Absolutely beautiful attacks to the legs. And you could tell that they were actually hurting Damon. So again, if he would have kept it range, backed up, peppered him up with the jab a little bit more, and utilized, you know, his stand-up game and the fact that he brings that power and he does have a lot of pop and speed in his strikes, even though he went up in weight and took the fight on short notice, I think Dan could have won that fight. And great job to Damon Jackson. 
He obviously really wanted to stay on that card no matter who it was against and was willing to fight an opponent on short notice. So great job to him and Dan for putting on a great show for the fans. Alex De Silva Coelho versus Joe Selecki went pretty much how I anticipated it would. Um, kind of a back and forth battle, but for the most part, Joe Selecki showed his veteranship and took home the decision. This next fight was definitely a fight I was kind of looking forward to. Uh, we had Felice Herrig going up against Karolina Kovalkiewicz. I've never been a fan of Felice Herrig. That being said, I thought that the probability predictor was wrong on this one, and it was. So to that we do Modelo time. Why was it wrong? It thought Felice Herrig was going to win. It was almost a pick on the probability predictor, but I thought that the differentiator was probably going to be the submission skills of Carolina, and that's exactly what it was. But to my surprise, Felice was getting lit up on the feet. Carolina was landing higher volume when it came to combinations. Felice would land one shot and then back off, and whenever she would back off, Carolina would rush in with a pop, 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 pop. Just really quick straight strikes, every now and then throwing in a hook just to mix it up a little bit. But it was a great return for Carolina, and I personally as a fan cannot wait to see her back in the octagon again. Askar Mozarov going up against Alonzo Minifield, again, went exactly how I thought it would. Askar Mozarov did surprise me a little bit with the power that he possessed, because it looked like he kind of hurt Alonzo with a couple of those shots. Maybe two hits hurt him, but Alonzo made it into a wrestling match, and from there, it was just murder, she wrote. Uh, his opponent could not get back to his feet. He struggled very badly to do that. And even when he did get back to his feet, got taken down pretty quickly. Alonzo got him in a pretty dominant uh, crucifix position where he had both of his arms peeled back, unable to defend himself. He was just blap, 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 eating elbows. And uh, the referee had no choice but to run in and stop it. Great stoppage. That being said, I wouldn't be mad at Askar Mozarov getting one more chance to maybe go against a striker, just because I think he, he could possibly end up being a uh, exciting fighter. Do I think he's UFC caliber necessarily? No, not 100%. But do I think he could please some fans and put on some shows and possibly bring his own little form of fan base? Absolutely, why not? Again, I said in my last video, I thought Ode Osborne would come out there and get it done quick. He gets it done in, I believe, one minute. No, 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 it was uh, one minute and one second, actually, with the KO, TKO. Just, man, hooks, straights. I mean, the guy's got hands for days, and when he hits, he makes sure that you feel it and you know who the hell you fought the day before. So, great job to Ode Osborne. He went in there and got it done over Zaruk Adashev, and uh, again, his record is now 11 and four. I can't wait to see what's next for him. I think that they should slowly bring him up that division, not necessarily feed him to the wolves just yet, but if he keeps progressing at the rate he is, he could be a problem for some folks. Speaking of a problem for some folks, Karina Silva, man, she came out there and got it done via submission in the first round. She didn't let her opponent off the hook. I thought Batelio was gonna actually get it done, but she did not. Uh, if she would have lasted just five more seconds, just five more seconds, uh, she at least would have seen the second round and then possibly gotten submitted then. So great job to Karina Silva. Um, I am a fan now. Look forward to seeing her next fight. I didn't know much about her going into this one, but I will definitely keep my eyes on her moving forward. In the Coco main event, we had Mike Trezano going up against Lucas Almeida. I thought Trezano was going to get it done. The probability predictor thought that Trezano was going to get it done and Trezano indeed did not get it done. Um, he put on a hell of a fight, he got split open, there was blood everywhere on the mat, and it went into the third round about 55 seconds in, he ended up getting stopped by Lucas Almeida. Great job to Lucas Almeida. Um, I, I do think that Mike Trezano still has a lot left to offer in the UFC. I look forward to seeing his next fight, 
but Lucas Almeida, what a stud. Again, uh, these next two, the probability predictor got right. So we had Dan, 50K, Ige going up against the wrestling standout, Movzar Evloev. It went exactly how I thought it would. Uh, Movzar with the dominant wrestling performance, 50K, Ige trying everything he can to get out of those scrambles and to strike his way out. Uh, the night didn't go his way. He's, I believe, lost like three out of his last four possibly for Ige. I'm, I'm wondering if maybe he needs to switch camps or possibly just pick his opponents a little bit better. Uh, but either way, definitely looking forward to seeing both of those guys bounce back. Um, Movzar, I know, will probably come back and fight a top 10 guy. I know he called out Arnold Allen. I don't think that that's a good fight for Arnold Allen. And I also think that Arnold Allen beats him. Uh, I think that he has not earned his way to a top five fight. Top 10 fight? Absolutely. But I think Arnold Allen is like number three now. Um, number 13 versus number three doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Let me know what you guys think in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're watching on any of the podcast networks, leave another review. Let me know what you think in that. <laughs> and in the main event, we had Alexander Drago Volkov going up against Jorginho Biggie Boy Rosenstruck. Again, I said it myself, I thought that Alexander was going to go out there and outclass him. Um, Jarzinho Rosenstruck seemed to think that it was going to be a wrestling match. He thought that the only means of victory Alexander Volkov had would be to wrestle him. And Alexander brought it to him on the feet. He was landing at range, showing everything about the reach advantage that he had. And he made it look completely easy, to be completely honest. And some people were debating or arguing whether or not the stoppage was good. I thought the stoppage was perfectly clean. And if anything, the referee saved Jarzinho from taking unnecessary damage and a bunch of unnecessary shots in that fight. Now Jarzinho can just take the loss, which he would have taken if the ref would have let it go on or not. And he doesn't have to take like a 90-day or, you know, a six-month layoff because of it. Now he just has a very easy layoff, bounces right back into camp, and hopefully can bounce back into a win. This is a guy that's, you know, one in three in his last four for sure. And he came into the UFC undefeated, I believe. So... What's next for Jorginho? I'm not sure. I do think that he needs to take a step back in competition as far as the heavyweight division because the top five is pretty damn stacked, and I don't know how he stacks up against those. So let me know what you think in the comments below. Again, thank you guys for all the support. And, of course, one last Modelo time for the road. Thanks again, guys. Looking forward to the next big pay-per-view, and I'll try and put out a video on that here in a few days. See you next time.